Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Amen. What's his name? What is his name? Amen. 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 Thank you so much, worship team. That was beautiful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sunday morning. We thank you for the gift of fellowship. And even more importantly, we thank you for the gift of Christ. Holy Spirit, we pray that you speak to us this morning that you open our eyes to your truth, that the truth will be anchored in our souls. May your wisdom prevail. May your light deliver us from any darkness. And Father, have your way with us. I pray for everybody who is in need this morning, that even as your word comes, your spirit of comfort will reach out and touch them. And Father, may the sick be healed by the power of your word. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this month is the month of stock-taking, and stock-taking has never been an easy exercise. (laughs) Uh, And when I was preparing on on stock-taking, I just felt the Holy Spirit asked me to speak on something very different. Not not so different, Originally, I wanted to speak on the topic, A Widow's November, about uh, Naomi. But the Holy Spirit drew my attention to the whole book of Ruth. Amen. And the overarching theme of the book of Ruth. As a theme I've, I've never really heard anybody speak on. Uh, and sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll take something you thought you know and open your eyes to new truth. Amen. And the overarching theme is kindness in difficult times. Amen. So the story of Ruth begins in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. A God-fearing man called Elimelech. If you have Eli in your name, (laughs) he come from a very religious family. Elimelech, uh, there was famine, severe famine actually is the words the Bible uses. And difficult. It was a difficult time. So they migrate. Many of us have migrated to other places. Not always in difficult times, but sometimes. So they were, they were economic migrants who settled in the land of Moab. And you know, when she was leaving, she had a husband and two sons. About a little after 10 years later, she comes back. And on her way back, she only comes with a daughter-in-law. No husband, no sons. So when she was leaving, she thought times were difficult. Sometimes you find, you know how in January we thought it was difficult in Ghana? (laughs) And now, we say, now it is really difficult. I hope that 2023 won't be worse. But sometimes life is like that. Sometimes you think you're at the bottom of the well, 
And then somebody shows you the world they are in, and you realize the earth has no bottom at all. Uh, they are consistently falling. This is one of those kinds of stories. And if you're not careful when you're studying the book of Ruth, you focus so much on the grief and the suffering that you miss the highlights of kindness. Amen. How many of us have mother-in-laws? Well, those who are mother, mothers-in-law. How many of you have daughters-in-law who, if their husband is no longer there, and your husband is no longer there, will volunteer to live with you and to help you? And it's a very subtle picture, but it shows you the kindness of Naomi. How she must have lived with Orpah and with Ruth to the extent where, because they were citizens of Moab. They had family in Moab. They had brothers, sisters, siblings, uncles, nephews, nieces. They were comfortable in Moab. And yet they both chose to follow this widow to Bethlehem until she herself discouraged Upper and upper left, you know. So already, you can see that it must have taken her kindness to create a special relationship with these women. Amen. So it's a challenge to us. This book is a very compelling book on kindness. And then they arrive, and they have to eat. So Ruth goes gleaning on the fields of Boaz. And Boaz, before he meets her, had already heard about her, about her kindness towards her late husband's mom. So they have a little conversation when they meet the first time. And the first words Ruth ever speaks to Boaz, uh, what have I done to deserve such kindness from you? Amen. Boaz was very intentional about his kindness. So let's read from verse, uh, chapter 3, no, chapter 2, from verse 4. So Ruth has gone to gather, this is the first time she's gone to gather grain from Boaz's farm. Verse 4 says, While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, Who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, She's a young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, Stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I am only a foreigner. 
Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother and how you left and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Amen. So you notice that her kindness to her mother-in-law triggered extra kindness in Boaz. If we were to continue reading, you notice that first she was gleaning from the leftovers, and now he tells his servant, no, 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 let her come and glean from the main field. And remember, she's not, she's not harvesting for him. Everything she's picking is for herself and her mother-in-law. And then now he tells the foreman, intentionally leave some of the wheat in her path. Amen. The intentionality with which kindness is displayed by Boaz is interesting. Now, when Boaz sees this woman, There's something about her. Remember, he shows up and he immediately identifies her. Boaz was a serious-minded businessman. He knew every single one of his, of his employees. So he sees one stranger. If we had started reading from verse 1 of chapter 2, the first words of chapter 2 is, there was an influential, let me find it. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz. Amen. So he was a wealthy and influential man. But he knew all his employees. <laughs> he was down to earth and very personable. Amen. He was a kind man. Because he was so kind, the foreman knew that he could let this woman harvest even before he gets permission from his boss. Boaz was a kind man. But the story of Boaz doesn't begin with Boaz. His father's name is Salmon. And his father is the man who married Rahab, the prostitute of Jericho. Amen. And the name Salmon means a covering. Amen. When we read the book of Genesis, we see the same description of the Holy Spirit when he broods over the waters at creation. The Bible says in the beginning, there was chaos. <laughs> the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord covered or covered the waters, and he brought order. Amen. So Boaz grew up seeing kindness in his father. His father was a soldier. Uh, many believe he was one of the two spies who went to check out Jericho. I still wonder why of all the places they could go, they went to a brothel. But that's between them and God. <laughs> well, we can spiritualize it and see where the Holy Spirit led them to the brothel. But as a man who knows men... Men who are away from were away from their their country, away from their pastor, from their church. <laughs> I wonder what they were doing in the brothel. But God in his mercy helped them. Amen. And his name is covering. So she may have been a prostitute in Jericho, but here in Bethlehem, she was the cherished wife of Salmon. Amen. She may have once been a stranger, but here you will respect her. Amen. Because her husband covers her. He doesn't disgrace her. So if you if you're a son who grows up watching a father who is kind, kindness becomes your nature also. 
not just a father who thinks kindly. <laughs> a lot of people are very kind in their thoughts. But kindness is not, is not a thinking thing. It's not something you think. Kindness is a verb. It is something you do. Amen. So Boaz saw Simon do this. So he does it. Amen. And interestingly, because of his kindness, even though they were, mu they were much younger men, better looking men, this is Boaz's own confession. If you've been around farmers and fishermen, you know, six, listen, it's you posh people who go to gym for six-pack. The average fisherman in my village has six-packs and more. Like, it's the standard, it's almost like it's the standard qualification for being a fisherman. Uh, some biceps, some six-pack, maybe eight, sometimes you see eight. <laughs> you know? But she didn't notice all of them. Kindness, especially kindness in difficult times, is one of the most beautiful perfumes anybody can wear. It's a sweet fragrance that even touches God. Amen. And this is a time when the world needs kind people. Amen. If there ever was a time when the world needed kind men and kind women, it is today. Because times are difficult for many people. Amen. Times are difficult for many people. Remember that until this harvest we are witnessing, Bethlehem had gone through severe famine for years. Easily about 10 years of famine. Many farmers would want to hoard their harvest at this time. Naomi returned because she had heard that as for this year, Bethlehem, which means the house of bread finally has bread, finally has a harvest. So she comes in time to witness the harvest. Amen. Basically, the Bible is telling you that Boaz didn't have excess the way you would think. If he was a typical investor, it means that the past 10 years, every year has been a loss. You know, he plants and the rains don't come and it's a loss. It's been a loss, a loss, a loss, a loss, a loss. And this is the first year in 10 years that he's about to turn profit. And still he says, that is no excuse. It is still the perfect time to show kindness. Amen. In this season where we all seem to have much less than we had in January, it is actually the time that God challenges us to kindness. Amen. And to, for God to reward him, he makes this beautiful woman fall in love with him. He liked her, but he didn't want to be seen as taking advantage of his wealth and his influence. So he couldn't approach her. That's one of the main marks of kindness. Don't be kind to people because you need something from them. If you do that, that is not kindness. Genuine kindness is that Boaz gave to Ruth with zero expectations. Amen. Yes, he did like her, but it took Ruth to initiate. Before he said, actually, I've always liked you. I find myself checking you out sometimes, <laughs> you know. Very few men nowadays give free lunch. 
And in Ghana, when a sister buys you lunch, you have to be very careful as a single brother because they don't give. It's a cultural thing. If a woman gives you, I mean, I learned that as a young man, you know. If, if a woman is kind to you, it's, an, it's, <laughs> it's out of norm, so you have to be alert. What does she want? A lot of people think it's just when men, when men give to women, but, you know, people, just don't, people are just not kind. They give because they want something back. And Boaz is teaching us, don't be like that. Give with zero expectations. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us why we should give with zero expectations. He tells us in, a, in very, very beautiful ways. There are ways uh, I've known and heard and heard it preached so many times until recently, once again, the Holy Spirit breathed new, new life over them for me. If we go to his letter to the church in uh, the Philippians church, in chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says some really, really beautiful words. And they are called words of encouragement. From verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. You can underline present difficulty. It was a difficult time for him. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. Listen, no other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, he was in Thessalonica, serving in Thessalonica, the church gave him nothing. He says, even when I was in Thessalonica, you the Philippian church, sent me help. And they sent him help more than once. And so this is what he says to them in verse 17. He says, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Amen. God rewards kindness. Amen. Let's, let's say that. God rewards kindness. Amen. Let's say it again. God rewards kindness. Amen. Verse 18. At the moment, all I have, all I need, I have. Or I have all I need and more. And I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me. With <laughs> so they sent him another gift. Epaphroditus. And then this is what he says. He says, the gifts you sent, your kindness, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Amen. He says, your kindness, giving without expectation, giving 
from a cheerful heart. Cheerful not because it was easy, but because you meant it. It came from your heart. Sometimes the person might not even see the extent of your sacrifice. Sometimes the church might even trivialize your giving. But if you give to God, if you give kindly, if you give properly, he says they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Amen. Kindness is the most amazing fragrance anybody can wear. I don't know if you've ever encountered a truly kind person. They are the most amazing human beings you can meet. Somebody who helps you find your way in a new city. You know, helps you settle in a new country. You know, takes your time to explain the menu. And, it's, and then you discover who. I mean, <laughs> you are just speaking to somebody who actually doesn't have time. <laughs> they are so busy with their life, they don't have time. That they actually intentionally made time for you. Who go out of their way to find you. We all need kindness in a difficult world. Many times we look at the gospel and we call it gospel, gospel. The word gospel in Old English simply means good spell. In a world where a lot of people are proclaiming doom and damnation and suffering, you turn on BBC and bomb blast when uh, famine in Ethiopia, uh, 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 civil unrest here, uh, suicide bomber here, and all that. You're like, what is happening? Where is kindness? So in old English, when, when the, the early disciples and apostles started preaching the good news, like, oh, finally we are hearing good spells. We are hearing words that are so good, they land in your community and they transform the community. Amen. Kindness. The gospel is a story of kindness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever in the world that is classist, <laughs> whosoever in the world that is racist, whosoever, like it doesn't matter my family, it doesn't matter my lineage, it doesn't matter my gender, it doesn't matter my age, that my educational qualification, like whosoever, whosoever, think about that, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever. She may have been a serial murderer yesterday, but today, if she turns and believes in him, her sins will be forgiven. Such kindness, such grace. He may have betrayed his country, his people, his family. There is nobody who is not qualified to be saved. There's nobody who is not qualified to benefit from God's immense kindness. That's why it was called the good spell. Such gracious, 
Such graciousness from our God. And we are his children. And so you discover that kindness is actually, first, it's not something you think. It is something you do. But even beyond it being something you do, kindness is something you are. You are God's child and he is kind. Kindness is his very nature. Amen. The only caveat I want to add this morning as I round up is remember that everything Boaz gave was something he owned. Boaz didn't tell Ruth to go and gather on somebody else's farm. He didn't take from another person's harvest to give to her. Ruth couldn't give Naomi money, but she could give her her time. She said, wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, there I will die, and there I will be buried. That she could give. Amen. Amen. So kindness, you cannot be kind with somebody else's wallet. With your employer's time, <laughs> with another person's resources, that is not kindness. King David, in speaking on kindness in another way, said, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. Amen. It's expensive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness this morning. In a time when we all want to just hoard and hold on because we don't know tomorrow, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you challenge us this morning and say, actually, this is the time to give. Especially to those who can't give back to us. This is the time to remember the roots of this world. We pray your grace over us. We pray strength and courage in these times. And Father, we pray that as we practice kindness, may our kindness, just like the Philippians, may our kindness be a sweet-smelling sacrifice in your nostrils. Help us, Lord. And where we are recipients of it, just like the Apostle Paul, may we be expressive, properly expressive, in our thank yous. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.